Haley. Catherine. Do you know how we got our podcast started so fast? How? We use the Anchor app. What's the Anchor app? Well, it's a really cool app. It's completely free and it'll distribute your podcast to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Wow, it literally does all the work for you pretty much. Basically. For free? And yeah, and you can make money on your podcast. It's free. It's completely free. Anything you need to make your podcast will be all on Anchor. Wow. I'm more dependable than anyone in my life, so... I mean, (laughs) you said it. (laughs) Um, So if you guys are interested in starting a podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R.fm to get started. Thanks. Find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. Hey there, fellow true crime aficionados. We're the host of Bad Axe, a true crime podcast. I'm Danielle. And I'm Aaron. Join us every Thursday for twisted true crime tales of dark deeds and despicable people. We focus on lesser known unique stories with a new case each week. We've covered family annihilators, cannibals, revenge killings, killer kids, mysterious murders, survivor stories, and much more. We've even tackled stories of people who blame zombies, vampires, ghosts, and voodoo for their bad acts. Of course, we know they're the only ones to blame. You can find us everywhere you get your podcast, or you can visit our website at badaxpod.com. If you like fresh stories and new perspectives on crime, Bad Axe will be your new jam. Join Bad Axe every Thursday. Stay safe, y'all. See you soon. What's up, you guys? My name's Catherine. And I'm Haley. And we are Saturdays for the Ghouls. A Podmod podcast. A. Um, I hope you guys are having a great week. Well, the day that you're listening to this, when this is posted, we will yes. be at a horror convention. Yes. We are going to send you pictures from the horror convention. Woo! If you follow us on the socials. Instagram. Even, maybe even check that Tic Tacs. Maybe even check the Tic Tacs. Maybe we'll post a Mad Lib or something. Just like drunk off our asses. <laughs> or just videos of us drunk. Anyway, what week is it, Haley? It is Spooky Week. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> this is our 50th episode. I'd like to let you know that. 50. We're at 50. <laughs> Almost a whole year. And we can't just like reel it in for a second <laughs> i'm sorry it is a spooky week it's spooky week and what are we talking about i did not look up pronunciation so i apologize if i mispronounce it um but the Velisca axe murder house <gasps> we're talking about ladies and gentlemen boys and ghouls ghouls and ghouls, ghouls, and ghouls. <laughs> everyone's a ghoul here True. <laughs> um and just as usual, Haley's going to bring you our history, and Catherine's going to bring you the spooks. Our herstory. <laughs> Down in herstory. Shout out to RuPaul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, RuPaul, if you're listening to this. <laughs> From a Scorpio to a we Scorpio. We love you. <laughs> uh, but I did mention here, it is our 50th episode. 5-0. Ooh. That is 
crazy. I don't think I've ever done anything 50 times in a row that wasn't bad for me. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah. Consistently every week. 50 times. Just saying. <laughs> I don't think I've done anything 50 times that probably wasn't bad for me. So this is probably the most consistent thing in my life other than like yeah. my job. Right. <laughs> I guess I just wanted to say that I'm very happy that we started this podcast and we are 50 episodes in and I'm happy to do 50 more and again and again. Oh, you gonna make me cry before the episode, man! <laughs> I would um, verbalize it, especially on our 50th episode. Just imagine the, sh- the shooting of the confetti. <laughs> I just like put party sounds behind this part. <laughs> behind the whole thing, like the whole like vulnerable part. Yeah. It's just like. Da, 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 da. I think that's what's going to happen. <laughs> say the little tiny violin <laughs> when you're being all emotional and vulnerable towards me. And then I'm just like, oh. And then you're like, anyway. episode. Hey. <laughs> I was going to be like, I'm surprised you made it this far, but I'm not. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because it's not like um we're forcing ourselves to do this. Yeah. It's like we're passionate about it. Yeah. So I'm not surprised that we are continuing this because we both are love it. Like yeah, we both love it yeah. and we love hanging out with each other and we just like producing it and giving it to you guys and hopefully you like it too. Thanks, Spooky Base, for joining us for 50 episodes. Woo! I'm feeling like I'm 50 years old right now. I know. I was like, I was like, I'm over the hill. <laughs> celebrating the big five zero. See, and in two two weeks, we're going to be celebrating one year. Haley, okay, so we have been doing this uh, podcast for 50 episodes now, almost the whole year. She still doesn't know the layout of the podcast. Today she came and she was like, I didn't even know it was Spooky Week until just like yesterday, and I'm like, she's Louise. so that's why she had to do all her research right now it's all fresh in the brain fresh in the brain i might need the other half of the brain cell today (laughs) she's writing it she was like do you think i could remember this part and i'm like probably not (laughs) i don't want to write it all i wrote key words okay (laughs) so we're I'm. I'm just gonna say this right now. I'm gonna. Tr- I'm gonna try to be as lighthearted as possible with this one. This is a tr- a toughie. It's a. It's a. It's a heavy one. Yes. It. It does involve <laughs> children. Yes. Um. That was probably why I was like, "Oh, maybe we shouldn't have done this." Because <laughs> <laughs> I was writing it down and I felt gross just writing it down. I'm like, "Yeah, it was." Uh, <laughs> and it happens to just be unsolved. So yeah. So uh, unfortunately, there's no resolution either, and it's frustrating it's a little there's, frustrating there are some convincing ones though i'm like yeah mm, it's probably it's probably that guy yeah right i'm convinced it's two different people right now yeah i have uh because it's also a true crime i do actually know about it so i'm not learning the history like as you guys learn it with us but uh, like i normally do with all the other spooky week topics so unfortunately but this is your like one and only time thus far that Haley will bring you a true crime. 
It's not just a history of a building or a boat, baby. <laughs> it's not just the, who owned it then and who owned it then. <laughs> <laughs> and all the legal legalities they had to go through. Oh it's my an actual God. story. I, I apologize for that. What was it? Queen Mary? <laughs> oh my God. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Episode 8 still haunts you. <laughs> It, I just remember right, like reading it, and I was like, "This is so boring." <laughs> I'm like, "So and so owned it. It was a naval <laughs> ship. Oh yeah, they, they remodeled it and made it very fancy." And you tried to make it fun. You were like, "Then Disney owned it, and they were gonna make it this." And like, I know you did what you could. <laughs> it's just a boat, honestly. <laughs> it's just a boat. Yeah, it's just the haunted boat. So that's yeah. true. <laughs> We're just procrastinating talking about the terrible, terrible things that happened at this house. So let's jump right in. Let's jump right in, shall we? Okay. We're going to take you back to June 9th, 1912. Sounds familiar. I love this. I know. Goosebumps. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, channel catcher <laughs> <laughs> i'm giving her the whole brain cell right now that's why she can do this thank you You're welcome. anyway all right <laughs> we are in valeska iowa here we have the moore family we have josiah moore 43 he is the father papa the papa we have sarah who's 39 and she's the mama mama they have four children, Herman, who's 11, Mary, who's 10, Arthur, who's 7, and Paul, who is 5. The Moore family was very well-liked around the community. They went to church, you know. It's it's back in the olden days, you know. They did all the olden days things. Yeah. <laughs> they had chickens, and they did morning <laughs> chores, and, you know, got up at, like, 6 a.m. to do things. So, they're... Um, on June 9th, Mary invited Ina May and Lena Gertrude Stillinger to spend the night. Ina was 8 and Gertrude was 12. Um, that night, they all attended the Presbyterian Church where they participated in the Children's Day program, which Sarah, the mom, co- coordinated. That ended around 9.30 p.m. and they all walked back to the house. And they got home between 9.45 and 10 p.m. The next day, June 10th, around 7 a.m., their neighbor, Mary Peckham, suddenly became worried because she hadn't seen the family come out to do their morning chores. She knocked on the door. There was no answer. She tried to open the door, and she was surprised it was locked. Because back then, people didn't lock their doors. Right. We didn't lock our doors until the 90s. Uh, Even then. <laughs> um, Mary, so graciously, she did let their chickens out. Um, and called Rossmore, who was Josiah's brother. When he arrived, he tried knocking. No answer. He had a key, though. So he opened the door. And he walked into the parlor and straight to the sorry um when he entered the house he walked in into the parlor and threw into the guest room trigger warning there you go 
which is where he found Ina and Lena's bodies in the bed. He immediately told he immediately told Mary to call Henry Hank Horton, who was their primary peace officer, basically just the yeah. officer. Um, upon he arrived very shortly after, and upon his arrival, he searched the house and discovered the entire Moore family had been bludgeoned to death, mm. along with the along with the two girls. The murder weapon was found in the guest bedroom next to the Cylinder Girls. The axe belonged to Josiah. The doctors determined they were murdered between midnight and 5 a.m. While investigating, they did find two cigarettes in the attic, which suggested that the killer or killers patiently waited for the family to fall asleep. Um, The master bedroom was the first stop. And Josiah and Sarah were sleeping. Josiah received more blows than any other of the victims. Mm. His his face was so cut up, his eyes were missing. Oh. Um, Yikes. And he was, for some reason, the only victim to be used the blade side of. Mm-hmm. Um, the other victims were um, bludgeoned with the blunt side of the axe. Um, next the killers went and killed the children, Mm -hmm. then returned to inflict more blows to the parents, even though they were already dead. Yeah. Um, the investigators figured this out because apparently there was a shoe that was knocked over and there was blood in it. Like the the shoe was filled with blood and it was knocked over during their second trip. Um, Yeah. Uh, then they proceeded to the guest room where the Stillinger girls were. Investigators believe all the victims except Lena had been asleep when they were attacked. Due to her being, when she was found, she was lying across her bed and had defensive wounds on her arms. Like Catherine said, it is unsolved, unfortunately. But here are the list of suspects and reasons why. So first we have Andrew Sawyer. And the only reason he's on here is because he was a transient, which just means he was, like, passing through town, mm-hmm. whatever, and... Didn't um, have a home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did read that literally any person, any stranger that was passing through town around that time was interrogated. I think during the... This time, I think there was, like, maybe 2,000 people. Yeah. And now there's, like less than 1200 right now so (laughs) there's two big big ones Mm -hmm. two big suspects that i'm like "Mm, yeah sounds like it (laughs) Mm -hmm. so the first one is uh reverend george kelly who Mm. is a traveling minister Mm -hmm. and he was described as peculiar okay and it said that he had a mental breakdown in his adolescent, which I was okay. like, "What does that mean?" I, know, I was like, "What is? What do you mean?" Back he had in a mental the, breakdown, back in the late eighteen hundreds, nineteen, you know, nineteen early nineteen hundreds, late eighteen hundreds. What over, would that mean? I know. I'm like, I have a mental <laughs> breakdown every day sometimes. Seriously, <laughs> like, I don't know. I feel like it was something. It had to be something serious. I don't know. 
his mental health was not a thing. Right. <laughs> at all. Right. So, um, but, or, uh, or could it have been just like he showed emotion as like a man? Like, mm-hmm. you know, those kind of stuff like back in the 1800s might not really have like flown, you know? <laughs> so like, I don't know if we could take mental breakdown from back then really mm-hmm. as like a mental breakdown nowadays. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. Mm-mm. Um, but as an adult, he was accused of peeping and asking Ugh. several young women to pose nude for him. Ugh. That might that might be it. That might be <laughs> it. Yikes. Um, Why'd you let me keep talking? No, I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> oh, I don't want to talk the whole time. I gotta let you come in. We gotta banter. That's one of the reasons why. Yeah. But also, June 8th is when he came to town. Okay. And he came to teach that Children's Day program at the Presbyterian Church. Mm-hmm. And June 10th is when he left between 5 a.m. and 5.30 a.m. Mm. Which I'm like, why would you? That's such an odd time to leave. I right. mean, maybe. But like, is that when their horse is leaving the town that day? when the horses wake up? I don't know. Right. But I, was, I mean, nowadays, that's very weird and yeah. odd. Right. Unless you're like going on like a big big trip with some friends but maybe <laughs> even then <laughs> i don't know maybe but i don't know it was just really weird but that was shortly before the bodies were discovered right um here's the weird part he did confess uh-huh. he confessed to these murders uh-huh. in court yeah but the jury didn't believe his confession <laughs> Well, I well, guess he didn't do it then. <laughs> so, um, I feel like, did he ever, like, be like, nah, just kidding. You're right. I was joking. He did. The second he did? Time. The second time. So, the first time he was tried, he confessed, and then the jury was like, hmm, I don't know. <laughs> and then they were, it was a, it was considered a hung jury, so they couldn't come to an right. agreement. right. So he was like, oh. he was like, oh, oh, I was like, oh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. Um, he he literally so he became obsessed with this case. <laughs> the Reverend did. He wrote letters to the police, letters to like the investigators who were investigating this. And I'm just used to hitting the thing, so I wasn't sure yeah. I wanted to do it. Um, he even wrote letters to the family. Of the people of the deceased. I'm That's like, weird. Sick. Oh. Yeah. Like. God. I don't know. Um, but I guess it yeah. raised suspicions. No. <laughs> I know. No. So one of the investigators. And he was like, you know what? I'm going to entertain this guy. And I'm going to write back. So he wrote back and asked for details. Like he asked him for details of the murders and stuff and he wrote back with details of like sounds that he heard or like things that he's seen but due to his mental known mental illness they were like did you really do it or are you just imagining this whole thing like you just imagining it in your head the thing is is there are people like that Mm -hmm. who could do that like imagine yeah. Like, just imagine it and, like, 
want the attention mm-hmm. of like being the the killer, right? Which is just sad. But in uh, nineteen fourteen, so two years after the murders, okay, he was arrested for sending obscene material. <laughs> Obscene material through the mail. Is this like pictures of his wing? Yeah. <laughs> through the P.O. box. <laughs> anyway, but yes, he was sexually harassing a woman who applied for a job as his secretary. Oh, no. Dude. <laughs> yeah. Get it together. Honestly. Um, so it seems like he probably should have been like in some place. Maybe not jail if they oh. didn't find him guilty. Oh, oh no. <laughs> well, uh, they sent him to St. Elizabeth's Hospital in D.C. Is it like a... Yeah? Yeah, yeah okay. I think so. <laughs> I just... I was like, why is this song so familiar? <laughs> <laughs> Asylum American Horror Story. Go watch it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, and then in in 1917, he was arrested for the murders. Oh. And <laughs> they were like, "Just kidding, you did it." <laughs> they were like, "We believe you now." <laughs> we can't find anyone else. No. Five years later, so police obtained a confession from him, uh, followed by many hours of interrogation. Which eventually he retracted his confession. <laughs> now that he has to pay for his sins. <laughs> so this was this was also during trial number two for against him, and he was acquitted. Which means all the charges. This is an absolute shit show. Honestly, what the fuck? Okay, so he's acquitted. He's mm-hmm. not. Um. Guilty, I guess. Mm-mm. Ew. Apparently. And that that's literally all there is on him. We also had Frank F. Jones, who, he was the Iowa State Senator. He was also a business owner. And Josiah worked for him. Oh. But then Josiah ended up opening his own business. Oh, no. And stole, quote-unquote, stole business from jones Uh including a john deere dealership Uh we all know how big john deere is right now wait how old is john deere (laughs) and then apparently also there was rumored that josiah was having an affair with jones's daughter-in-law which i think is just weird but then it there was no evidence to support this it was all a rumor yeah kind of thing um so he's suspected because he has motive Right. If you think about it, it made him lose a lot of money. You know, um, there's another theory that he hired someone um, to kill the family. Yeah. Uh, there was also Henry Lee Moore. There's no mm-hmm. relation. No relation. Mm-hmm. Um, but he uh, murdered- He has my vote. What? <laughs> he has my vote. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Um,. I there wasn't a lot of information on him from what I saw, but it was just um, he murdered his mother mm-hmm. and his grandmother mm-hmm. with an axe mm-hmm. months after the murders uh-huh. in the same area. 
That's it. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that's your vote. Yeah. Really more- <laughs> because they had the same last name. They're he was practicing. Related. He was practicing. Oh, I see. What you're on doing. another more family. Ah, uh, I see. <laughs> no relation. <laughs> I know they. I know they have no relation. I understand that, but I just think that that's the that time. wasn't even one of my top. <laughs> I think. I think it's him. <laughs> I think it's the one you least expect, right? True. <laughs> um, they also interrogated Sam Moyer. Okay. Who was Josiah's brother-in-law? Was that the same? No, that, Josiah's brother is the one that came, right? No. Remember yes. to, to to and saw the bodies first, right? Yeah, but brother-in-law. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is a different guy. Yeah. I was asking. Yeah. Yeah. So Sam Moyer, who's his brother-in-law, uh, he had threatened Josiah multiple times. That he oh. would kill him. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Um, but there was an alibi, and his alibi cleared him. So fine. Fine, I guess. Who was his alibi with? His wife. Probably. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, and then the last one. All right, so we also have Paul Mueller, uh-huh. who was an immigrant, possibly oh. from Germany. Okay. Um, for about over a decade, was on the run. Oh. Because he was, he ended up murdering um, these people that he was working for as a farmhand. Oh. With an axe. Oh. <laughs> and. You do it once, you can do it again. And uh, for over a decade, he was literally going um, by the railroad tracks, killing people with an axe. <laughs> no. But uh, Bill James and his daughter, they were doing research on the Valeska murders. Uh-huh. And they discovered a lot of... Um, murders that this Paul Mueller person did uh-huh. along the train tracks, which just so happened to be the the Moore house was next to tr- like railroad oh. tracks as well. And so they were like, hmm. And like just the deeper they dived into this this person, um, they uh, they were like, it's this guy. Like <laughs> they they feel like it's this guy, which honestly. I'm pretty convinced that it's this guy. Like, not gonna lie. Yeah, I mean, honestly, after hearing all the stories, it's definitely that guy or the Reverend. Well, like that—that's totally those, for those sure. Are yeah, my top two. Yeah. So, but no, literally. So he, like I said, he was an immigrant. He killed the people that he was working for as a farmhand, and then um, killed the, a bunch of people on the right. Like the police were—they were on a manhunt for this man, and over a decade. I'm, I'm gonna read this to you. Over a decade, mm-hmm. at least 59 people, 14 different separate incidents, and these are all of, and every single incident murder that happened mm-hmm. all had these similarities. It was by a railroad track. It was a midnight attack, like, while they were asleep. Mm-hmm. They used the blunt, he used the blunt side of the axe. Oh. And always used an axe that was found in the house, and he would leave it in plain sight. Um, he would cover the victims with, um, like blankets yeah. to prevent blood splatter and he covered, covered the windows from the inside and locked the doors before leaving. Oh. And that's like exactly what happened. Right. With the Valeska axe. That makes murder. a lot of sense that it would be him then. So you know. I'm like, 
I mean, I'm pretty convinced. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it is uh Bill James and his daughter, they did they wrote a book called The Man from the Train. Mm-hmm. And it's based off this guy. About Paul. Yeah. And a little tidbit fun fact from like the book, you know, when when like people do reviews on uh-huh. it and they write on or it's typed out on the book. Yeah. Uh professor and crime writer Harold Schechter. Okay wrote the jameses offered the most probable solution yet for the Velasca murders oh okay i mean professor and crime writer <laughs> man he's <laughs> eh. um but that was the the big the, the big history on yeah. that house and then we'll just get to the little like a little history that is not as sad <laughs> who owned it <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so the house was built mm-hmm. in 1868 by George Loomis. <gasps> Loomis. Really? <laughs> I was like, Loomis? Um, Scream, see. watch it. <laughs> Scream, watch it. Halloween, watch, watch it. it. <laughs> uh, in 1903, that's when the Moors bought it. Mm-hmm. And, and it says they had it, they lived in it for nine years until... <sighs> Yes. Until the bad things happened. Yes. Uh, 1915, it was sold to J.H. Giesman. Giesman, okay. Could be Giesman. Yeah. Because it's his S. Um, and then over the... And then it just said over 90 years, it was multiple owners. Definitely didn't want to go through that. Doesn't really yeah. matter. Uh, n- between, again, ni- between 1936 and 1994, it was refurbished at some mm-hmm. point. Um, in 1994, Rick and Vicky Sprague bought, but they only lived in it for a few months before they sold it to Darwin mm-hmm. and Martha Lynn, mm-hmm. who own it now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they basically reversed the whole remodel using testimonies and old pictures, and they restored the house as close to... They restored the house as close to when the murders occurred as possible. Mm-hmm. And it is now a tourist attraction. And no one lives in it. It's basically, they described it as a time capsule. Mm-hmm. You can stay overnight, though. Mm-hmm. Which is where Catherine's part will come in. <laughs> <laughs> because a <clears throat> lot of people have stayed in this place mm-hmm. overnight. And have done, like, paranormal investigations. Yes. and. There's, I don't know anything about the ghosties because mm-hmm. Catherine said to stay away from the ghosties. <laughs> so I do, I don't know anything about the ghosties. Um, but the Valeska axe murders have been on everything. There's like ghost hunters, ghost yeah, adventures. Every, every ghost show you've ever watched yeah. covered Scariest this one. Scariest places on earth, like yes. all of it. Yeah. It's everywhere. Right. I'm very surprised I've never, I I think the first time I heard about this, it was like a, a B movie or something. It was called oh. like the Valeska Axe Murder yeah. House or something, and it was so dumb. Yeah, I did not like it. <laughs> but uh, I was like, oh. And then for some reason, the whole time I thought it was in Italy. I don't know why. Well, Valeska kind of seems like a maybe an Italian and then I read city it, or something. I read Iowa, and I was like, oh, oh. Okay. It starts in Anglai. Oh. There, there you go. There you go. All right. Well, we're going right. to. I'm Now we're done with the history. And, and Haley's going to toss my brain cell back to me. My favorite part. <laughs> the spooky part. I do want to cover like some quick little facts about the true crime. 
Ooh. Um, I'm excited. <laughs> this is Fun Facts with Catherine. Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> We're the opposite today. Fun. Wait, I got to sing it. Okay. <laughs> You're like, oh, no. Prepare for editing and auto-tune. Fun oh. Facts with Catherine. Mm. <laughs> okay. So, um, the killer, whoever they were, um, when they killed Josiah and or the mother when they were doing that they actually swung the axe back and it it hit the wall and there's a mark there still today of the like the axe hit there and then back down because again remember they were using the blunt end of the axe so when he swung back he hit the wall there's still a mark there of where the wallpaper was covered over um the slot and then um the killer whoever they were they also covered all the mirrors and people don't know if this is like because he felt guilty when he did it he didn't want to see himself do it like those kinds of things or was it simply because like blood splatter all that stuff and after he killed them or between the like two they say that he he went around and did the the deed um with the axe and then he went and made himself a meal and sat down at their kitchen table and ate a meal and then went around and hit everyone again. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like sadistic. Like he had to sit with himself so long <clears throat> in that house, eating a meal after doing all that, like all that kind of stuff. Which is crazy to me, you know? Like, yeah, that's. But, but there was a plate of food like sitting there, like someone had made it like overnight and the last thing was is that the time between the brother coming in and noticing what happened and the officer coming it was a few hours and the fact of the matter is is that there was no regulations of what happened during that hour because it was not i mean it was a crime scene but people in the town went in and out of that house to look at what happened and like oh. can, and some people were picking up the axe and like like you know <laughs> seeing, Bro. so like contaminating the entire crime scene which i don't i don't think forensics was really there yet it so wasn't. like there's there's no but there's no saying you know the shoe thing the bl- blood with the shoe could have been someone who came in and, and knocked it over knocked it over right so there's no telling that everything that they think happened is how it happened right um and if that the axe that's behind him was from the guy or from the people that walked through the house and like were playing with the axe. And so I'm just like, really like they, there was a lot of, there's lots of things that are not a part of like the mainstream story that it just goes, it goes into like making the murder almost impossible to solve at that point. Cause you don't know, like, with what the tools that they had back in 1912, mm-hmm. there's nothing they could do. Um, but <clears throat> we're going to get into the ghosties. It's important to know those some of those things, I think, before you uh, <laughs> listen to some of these. That's the only reason I said that. Pat Busen, I think is, his, I think is their last name, um, from Wisconsin, is a paranormal investigator. And in 2009, 
in June. They went to a day tour. And after that, they were hooked. And they went to the Velasca House, Axe Murder House, all the time to do investigations. They did overnight tours. um, All that stuff. So they experienced a ton of paranormal activity. Um, They did many EVP recordings. They heard things live and later in the recording. Mm -hmm. Um, And Pat was also someone who uh, they did a they're in in the room of where the uh, daughters were the two daughters they uh, put a flashlight up and he asked all of the victims to turn off and on the flashlight and they did every time he asked the flashlight would turn off and on now (laughs) if you watch the BuzzFeed Unsolved that you know the skeptic of the group uh, Shane, he was like, that's just probably a faulty flashlight. Like, you can't put those two hand in hand. But, like, the fact that it happened every, every time, time. Right. at that point kind of means, like, it's gotta be something. Like, it, if it happens, like, sometimes and not all the time, there's, that's one thing. But every single time he asked, you know, the flashlight did it. And even Shane and Ryan did it from BuzzFeed Unsolved. And the flashlights did turn off and on. They didn't specifically turn off and on in the way that they wanted it to, but they still did. they still turned off and on without pushing the button. So that's kind of <laughs> I always think that's kind of weird, especially with like normal batteries, regular batteries, you know, new batteries. Right. Did they have it standing up or was it just on its side? They had two flashlights laying down. One was on and one was off. And what they did was they asked the spirit to turn off the one that was on and on the one that was off. And they did um well with shane and ryan that's how shane and ryan did it um and they turned off the one that was on but they couldn't turn the one that was off on but then they did turn the one that was off on but then both of them were on like they it just was it was never exactly what they asked for which was like turn one off and the other one on it was like they were both on or one turned off and then it turned back on like that kind of stuff but when this person did it they just stood the flashlight up in the room and they asked all the victims to turn off and on the flashlight, and it turned off and on every time. Supposedly. I mean, I wasn't there, but supposedly. Um, and then uh, Pat also experienced unexplained cold spots. Um, they gathered audio and video evidence, and Pat truly believes that the eight victims still dwell there in the house because of all the trauma that they experienced. Uh, yeah. But that's not how every paranormal investigator feels. There's another paranormal investigator who feels that the the eight victims did move on, but there is a very dark entity there mm. that is caused from the trauma that is no no bueno, no, no good. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's not what all paranormal investigators end up believing at the end of the day, but that's what Pat believes in, in um, their experiences. There's probably not one phenomena that you don't, you don't hear from the Valeska Axe murder house. Like, you hear about they have reported quote disembodied footsteps things moving voices apparitions shadows and bad vibes that was in a quote um other things people that i have watched they they also or, or i watched or i read about they also mentioned having seen items stacked someone who um i believe the person who owns the house now they had someone come in to clean and they cleaned and they went in and checked and everything was fine. And then when they came back, there were like things stacked on top of each themselves in the rooms. 
but no one had been in there since they had last gone in there to check after the cleaning lady. Mm. Like that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, and it also, the house can make people act really strange. Which takes me to my next story. Before we get to that story, the ghost stories. So the, every time I hear like ghost adventures was here, you know, that kind of thing. They are, <laughs> I don't want to say anything sacrilegious about ghost adventures or any of those kinds of shows. But like they are betting their next season on if they catch something. When you said that it can make people act strange. I was like, if you say it's Zach Bagans <laughs> that is acting strange, I'm like, bro, he literally acts strange in every, like, yeah. in a lot of places. Yeah. He's like, he, when he was telling Aaron, he was like, I just wanted to, like, strangle you yeah. and kill you all of a sudden. And then Aaron's like, dude, what? what? <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love Ghost Adventures, though. Like, yeah. it, it's borderline. I feel like Ghost Adventures is what we would be yes. if we <laughs> If we did it, like, we're, like, serious, but we're also, like, fucking goofy as shit. Right, Like, we'll right. just be like, did you fucking hear Yeah. <laughs> I think that more so than anything, though, we'd scare ourselves to fucking <laughs> shit ourselves. Like, yeah. we'd scare ourselves the bits. Because like, we just, <laughs> we, we'll be like, did you fucking hear that? And you're like, I can't hear anything. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like I can hear everything. You can hear nothing. And, like you're like did you feel that and i'm like no, no. <laughs> and i'm <Yeah>. like <laughs> like nothing's happening we just stand there and like it's just like the ghost is just <laughs> laughing like i haven't even started <laughs> it's not even nighttime <laughs> we're sitting there at like 5 p.m like no, i was gonna say we're there at like noon. <laughs> yeah because <laughs> yeah. we don't do things at nighttime <laughs> that's past their bedtimes um <laughs> but yes so I take everything with a grain of salt when it comes to people who investigate as their profession, uh-huh. you know, because they're basing their next paycheck on it, you know, right, so they right, want right. to make something happen. Mm-hmm. But um, I do have a lot of ghost hunter stories because that's the people who have experienced things in the house, you know. Mm-hmm. So ghost hunter Robert Lorson Jr. He was there for a recreational ghost investigation. And he was alone in one of the Northwest bedrooms. I don't know which bedroom that is. But, um, and he called on the walkie-talkie for help. When they got up there, he had stabbed himself in the chest. And the thing is, is when you, like, cutting yourself is something, like, easy to do. But, like, stabbing yourself, there's a lot of bone and cartilage and like things to get through like you have to have force and no fear like there's got to be something behind that like you can't just stab yourself in the chest so um they said it was a self-inflicted wound and uh, it happened around 12 45 which is almost i mean roughly about the same time that the murders happened Mm -hmm. um it turns out he was actually provoking the ghosts and then he the next thing he knew he woke up in the hospital so so he like blacked out he blacked out and stabbed himself in the chest like that could have been a fatal wound like Mm -hmm. he survived but he still stabbed himself in the chest which is kind of motherfucker fucking crazy so the next one is Molly Rowland. And during an investigation, um, they, her and her team set up cameras. 
They blacked out the windows with trash bags so that there was like no extra light coming in. There's no lights inside this house. Like there's no electricity. Oh. It's like it's it dark. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they wanted to make sure it was as dark as possible. So um, they all felt kind of uneasy feeling coming from the pantry in the kitchen, which is not mentioned at all in the murder or anything. Uh, but they placed a camera directly into it. And after placing everything else, they split up into two teams. One went upstairs, one went downstairs. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Molly was in the team that went upstairs. Um, and while they were you know, doing their sessions in the, in the bedroom, they saw, um, they saw an orb of light come up from the floor and then like sink back into the floor. And when Molly noticed it and saw it, she didn't say anything. And then what happened when it went back down, she like took a breath and gasped and they were like, did you see that too? Which means all of them saw the orb of light come up from the floor and down back into the floor. Crazy. So then they moved to the attic um, to see if they could do a session in there. And um, Molly actually was like, I I don't think I can do that. Like hairs on her neck stood up and she goes, I can't do an audio session in there. Like we're not, I, I, I'm going to stay outside. But when the team lead came back from in the, the audio session in the attic, like was visibly shaken. And we don't know exactly what happened in that session, but she was glad that she listened to like the hair on the back of her neck, you know, standing straight up. Um, at this point they all went outside to kind of take a breath and they did this like saging process of all of them while they're outside so that nothing's, you know, connected to them, which I thought was cool because I'd never seen any ghost team do that. Like I never heard of that. I mean, I need to do that. Yeah. I mean, I know about staging, but I never seen a ghost team like do that after a session. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they went back and each team went like one team went up, one team went down. So the team that was upstairs went downstairs and vice versa. So at that point, Molly was in the kitchen with, with her team. And that's where she felt the most uneasy feeling from the pantry. So they began an audio session and a K2 meter started going off like crazy and that's one of those ones that just goes beep 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 right um audio listeners you're welcome for that um (laughs) so um the team lead was like hey molly can you switch seats with me and she was like okay like sure she sat in the seat where the team lead was and is now directly staring into the pantry the black pantry like the dark pantry oh god yeah (laughs) and so During the session, she said that she saw a huge, this is quotes, huge ominous shadow man that came out of the pantry. And then, um, and then she like turned to her team lead and he's like, you see it too. Like they both saw it. And I'm like, (laughs) so the, the shadow man went away, but she, she experienced a like breathing in her ear. Oh yeah. Her hair moving. Mm. Um tugging on her pant leg like uh-huh. and then she finally had to call it quits like was visibly like there was visible turmoil in her like she couldn't do anymore so she went back out, got saged, like had to do- had to be done. She was done. But I mean like that's crazy, right? Like <laughs> the whole story of that's I don't I don't hear a lot of investigators being like yeah I really actually just couldn't do this right like this one I just couldn't do for some reason 
but that's what that's what I was telling you is that she thinks that the Valeska, the the family that lived in the Valeska house, is not there. That the it's an entity of something that's bigger than that. Mm-hmm. That's caused from the. I mean, there was a lot of violence and like right. bad things. That right. yeah, right. I, and so she thinks that it's something bigger than that, and that she thinks that the that the more families actually moved on is not stuck there um which is i guess um nice i guess if that's true you know right that they're not stuck in a place that had really bad things happen you know um but again you'd never know who what's right and <laughs> what's not i have some little mini stories left what <laughs> so scary right yeah <laughs> i was like just i love scaring haley <laughs> I was just imagining it, and when you said sat in front of the dark pantry, I was like, Mm-mm, no. No, <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the there's a story of um the caretaker of the of the property that happened most recently, and um they went into the kitchen and they they locked the door behind them, and then they went upstairs because they were I don't know taking care of the property you know they weren't they weren't doing anything they weren't trying to do anything and they heard someone come in downstairs and walk around downstairs and they're like oh it's probably some kids trespassing or some kid trespassing because it's the Velisca axe murder house like that happens right people try to come in and like <laughs> he was like i'll probably just try to scare them and then you know maybe i'll give them a tour or something who cares you know so he gets into the closet in one of the bedrooms listens to them walk all around downstairs they walk upstairs they walk into the bedroom and he kicks the door open and goes blah and there's nobody there like not it's not just like a few footsteps that he heard he heard the footsteps all through the house up the stairs this house is almost almost in original condition like it's old like it's creaky those footsteps like (laughs) and he said that he like stopped in his tracks when there was no one in the room like breath like like lost his breath like he was just like at a loss for words like there was nothing he could have done to prepare himself for that that's my scariest story in my opinion that's terrifying yeah i i changed my mind yeah (laughs) so just some little other things that happen in the house generally um previous occupants who like lived in the house before it became the Valeska murder house mm-hmm. there were people who like families who lived there right and one of the, some most of the families would pick up and leave in the middle of the night that's how bad it was in that house like they left their things there like they didn't even bring all their things with them they just picked up and left middle of the night they're like nope nope Mm-mm. they just noped right out of that situation the one ghost people i do love on youtube um that is not buzzfeed unsolved is uh tfil and it's elton castile and Corey shear from vine and they have this whole overnight series that they do where they stay overnight in like haunted places and they they did a whole interview with like the caretaker of the property at that at that time and they did a whole overnight thing with a guest. Like, they brought a guest out and they did an uh, overnight stay there. And, like, uh, the the caretaker was like, it, it makes people argue with each other. Like, if you guys 
start arguing, you might want to like step outside the house. Like <laughs> you don't know what could happen if he like could make that guy, you know, stab, stab himself. himself. Yeah. You know, it makes people feel, you know, angry, angry. Yeah. yeah. So, um, that, mm, that that's means, dangerous. I was going to say that's means there's signs of like an in- bad entity. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That stems from a lot of violence. trauma and <laughs> violence. So, um, but you should definitely, if you have time, it's like an hour, watch the TFIL people in the Valeska murder house because they, they like do the um, spirit box where they, mm-hmm. and or they put the, the channel. Yes. Yeah. But what they do is they put the headphones on and the person who's um, can only hear the spirit box and the other people in the room ask questions. So they're like, um, do you, you know, is there anyone here with us today? And it said like, get out and like, but the person who, who said it from the spirit box, who's hearing it from the spirit box, didn't hear the question. So it's like, they don't know what they're answering. Does that make sense? Yeah. So they're hearing the, all the words and like, that way they can't like make up an answer. Exactly. Right. That makes it more authentic. Exactly. And so, um, I don't know if I like fully believe them either. You know, I always still take it with a grain of salt, but they try to make it as authentic as possible. Elton mm-hmm. tries to do everything that he can to disprove something from happening. So like if something goes off, he'll try to like make it happen himself, like by accident. Cause maybe he ran into something. Right. So like, he'll try to disprove everything that happens before he can say like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> like, I don't know what did that. So um i'm a big fan of them so they do a ton of overnights a lot of different places they've done waverly hills mm-hmm. they've done queen mary i think it was queen mary a couple times and they've done the Velisca murder house and a ton of other places so uh, but yeah that's all the spooky stuff i have that was scary that was like your scariest ghosty stories that i've ever heard i was i was all uh, i was kind of nervous about the ghosty stories because i only had like like you saw, I only had like one page front and back, but in like Waverly Hills Sanatorium, a lot of people passed away there. You know, the all of the places that we've done before that has ghost stories has had thousands of people inside the houses. You know, hundreds and thousands of people have passed through the doors. Other, pe- a lot of people have passed away there. You know, like this place has been a place since the late eighteen hundreds. And was owned in the early 1900s, you know. And then after that was owned by almost no one else. So there's not a lot of activity except for that one night of those eight people. Which Mm -hmm. is, to me, like, it's harder to, you know, it's harder to make up like ghost things you know like it's easier to make a ghost thing of a penitentiary that like treated people poorly and like you know things like that right it's easier for spooky things to happen there it's a big place you know like this is a very tiny small house like it's a really dark place there and it's obvious because something really dark happened so i don't know i it it's very scary there mostly because it is such a small place but that's all I have for you. That's all you have for me. That is. Okay. It's hard to transition out of the sad I know, I'm parts. Like, I'm like sad and like I know. scared. <laughs> I'm oh. like, yeah, like half sad, half scared. And I'm just like, 
You know what? Go listen to your favorite song that makes you happy. Exactly. Go watch a Disney watch, movie. Watch a, yeah, watch a Disney movie or watch The Office. My drink of poison right now is Bob's Burgers. So go watch that to decompress. Um, but yes. Follow us on our socials if you really enjoy us. Uh, we try to keep the most respect as possible, but also try to keep it as lighthearted as possible. Yes. But we do respect the victims. Yes. We respect everyone. Not the killers. <laughs> I was going to say we respect everyone, but obviously not the, the bad boys. The bad people. The bad peoples. Most of the time, <laughs> we'll roast the heck out of a killer. <laughs> <laughs> um, we appreciate you guys for joining us. Mm-hmm. And if you'd like to see us while we're not here, Follow us on Instagram and TikTok. It's probably our most used platform. Oh, and I'm on Twitter. Just me. <laughs> For the ghouls. <laughs> I was going to say, if you want any more of the, the spooky, chaotic, bullshit content, <laughs> follow us on TikTok and Twitter. Yeah. Our TikTok has crackhead energy. All right. Well, spooky babes, we are glad you joined us today. We appreciate you very much. Uh, please... Send us your spooky stories for Campfire Week. We always love to hear them and read them and share them. Um, And be nice to yourself. And remember that the world is better with you in it. So make it happen, Cap'n. (laughs) Cap'n. Also, I'm sure there's a movie series or TV series that you have not finished yet that you have to finish. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, there's always something else. Thank you. Okay, well, um, <laughs> anywho, um, we appreciate you and we are happy that you've joined us. And you know what would make us the happiest girls in the world is if you rated our podcast as well. I keep forgetting to ask people to do get these so things. Quiet when you're like promoting us. You're yeah. like. I mean, if you want to, like, just imagine the simp fingers. Yeah. Like, just, if you want to, you, you can read it five stars. Do something nice for yourself. The world's a better place with you in it. And we will see you in your nightmares. Ooh. Oh, that was a weird one. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Cause of Death. My name is Jackie Moranti. I've been studying infectious disease for 14 years in various research settings. I have a Bachelor's of Science from Colorado State University in Microbiology, Immunology, and Virology. I've worked with diseases like tuberculosis, SARS-1, and SARS-CoV-2, better known as COVID-19. And I've worked with EHV-1. It's my feeling that if we look back at the pandemics of the past, we may be able to better handle the pandemics of the future. The problem is, we have to learn our lessons first. Come along with me while I tell you about the pandemics, the epidemics, and the outbreaks, and how we never seem to learn our lessons.